Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to my live Q&A with your boy, uh, Coach Josh. Hope y'all are doing well. Hope y'all are having a great um, start to your weekend. I love doing these live Q&As. It gives me an opportunity to serve you all. If this is your very first time watching videos, like, man, I love this guy's vibe, go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a long time, whether you've been uh, subscribed for years or just minutes ago, I want to say thank you so much. Um, for in, uh, trusting what God has entrusted to me, and I pray it continues to be treasured. But as everyone is coming in live and getting their questions ready, I want to let you guys know about some things. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you need support in your relationships, coaching in uh, your spiritual development, coaching in your singleness, coaching in regards to discovering, developing, or distributing your purpose, or if you need some support with branding and marketing needs, Hey, I'm here to support you. Let me know what your uh, budget is. You get the link in the description box below, or you can simply go to my website, imunplugged.com forward slash custom dash coaching, and I would love to support you. Also check out, uh, oh snap, since I have a new book out, I have to show y'all this book first. Check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. Man, it's one of the best resources I've created thus far. It's a great uh, book um, to help you really process your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose. A lot of people's feelings are keeping them from fulfilling their role as a mother, father, husband, wife, uh, uh, student. Uh, uh, purpose in regards to whatever positions you hold. So this book right now is now available on Amazon. Link description box below. Um, and it's not right now because y'all watching live, but it will be for those who watch later. And also check out my others book, my other books like the Wholeness Journal to help you process your wholeness. Card games, books on singleness, books on dating, uh, books on soul ties and strongholds, books on discernment children's books, as well as a book on spiritual warfare. All these books, card games, and resources are available on my website, imunplugged.com. All right. And I got the book right here, man. I'm telling you, get your copies now. It's a great journal for you to process your feelings, place for you to vent, place to process your feelings, as well as a place to find, help you find the facts of those feelings. To help you find the facts of those feelings. Uh, it has a lot of uh, it has verses in there, or the top verses on all different types of feelings. Um, it's a pros and cons worksheet as well. So you can find the pros and cons of a person relationship. And also you can color in the red flags that you notice. And it's just a great resource with more articles in there to really help you process your feelings. Great resource there. Now available on my website, imunplugged.com, or simply go to Amazon and get your copies now. Let a friend know because all of us need to get to fulfilling our purpose and not soaking in negative or even unnecessary positive feeling. All right, let's go to the comments. We got Michelle Miller, and Michelle, I believe you got a book too. I'm glad you uh, got the book, and I'm glad I hope it's a blessing to you. Uh, Jamelia White says, Hey, coach. Oh, hey, Josh, question. Can I seem to find a job with better money? I feel like God is blocking me from getting another job. I feel like a, lo a loser at 26. Listen, um, life is, the mindset must be that you do not lose. We either win or we learn, right? The fact that God blocks anything is a sign of love. If God is blocking uh, a situation in your life, an individual, a job or whatever, it's for your protection. You also wrote here, you says, can God block someone from getting another job? God can block anything. God, listen, uh, I don't mind God being my Matumbo. I don't mind God being a, a, a leading in my life in blocks and rebounds and stuff right there. Because when God blocks things, he keeps things from blocking me. See, what I mean by that is when God blocks a job, it's because he knows what's in that job. God knows uh, two things, whether or not uh, uh, you're ready for that job, number one, or number two, if that job is ready for you. And God's timing is perfect. So when you consider yourself a loser at 26, you're not really understanding what's going on at this level of your life. You're 26 years old. You've, you've barely scratched the, scratched the surface of life. I felt the same way. A lot of, like I said before, midlife, the midlife crisis age has went down from 40 to 25, in my opinion. A lot of people that I coach, especially around 25 and 30, are going through midlife crisis because they have these false uh, ideals or false expectations 
of how God operates. And they think that just because they went to a good college, got a great experience, walked across the stage, that God is supposed to turn the page immediately to success. Now you have to go through the process, right? And so if God blocks anything, he knows that thing was going to lock you. It was going to lock you away from something greater. So you have to ask yourself two questions. Number one, am I really ready for this opportunity? And the fact that you asked this question kind of gives some insight that you're not ready. When I was, I was this same person. Don't, don't feel upset. Don't feel offended. I was that person. And then when I got the mindset of realizing that, yo, if I'm complaining or if I'm upset about where I am, then I must not see the purpose of where I am. Right. So you say you cannot seem to find a, a job with better money. Now, the, the goal is not to look for better money, but to be better with my current money. If you keep looking for better money and you're not good with your current money, then you're going to have the same situation with the new job with new money, right? So the issue should never be, well, looking towards what's blocked or what's locked. You got to say what's inside of me. What am I doing that's hindering me from being better with my current money and from me maximizing? Because if you cannot manage where you are well now, then you will never manage the next place. Well, let me tell you something. With the YMCA, <clears throat> when I was a manager at the Dow YMCA downtown of Charlotte, that was a part of my life where I was like, man, I'm tired of this job. I'm tired of working late hours. I'm tired of working this whatever, right? And then God shifted my perspective. He was like, Josh, if you cannot find joy with joy at where you at right now because I'm there with you, then how are you going to manage what you want? <clears throat> so what did I start doing? <clears throat> I started blossoming where I was. I started being kind and, and more kind and, and, and more invested in where I work. And then not only at the YMCA before I got a new job, I got blessed with the highest award for the Charlotte Mecklenburg Wise from Mr. Calhoun, who was the uh, president of the CEOs. He said, because I exuded such great customer service that he gave me one of the most honorable rewards in, in, in greater YMCA Charlotte. And then next thing you know, a month later, a young lady comes in and says, are you looking for another opportunity to work in the school system? But imagine if I was frowning and frustrated with where I was, then I wouldn't have attracted the things that I was supposed to rise above towards. So you can't you can't get so focused on what God is doing. You got to ask yourself, what have I done? Because sometimes we make excuses, and then when stuff happens in our life right now, we blame God. We blame God, and we want to get frustrated with God to validate or to try to cover what it is that we're currently not doing. So the focus, the number one focus you're focusing on right now is how can I utilize this job to make me more qualified and to make me better for the next opportunity. And number two. Ask yourself, what could God be protecting me from? And you have to just truly deep down the inside have to be okay with God being your Matumbo. Hope that Shot M says, hello, coach. I have the book. It came in this week. Uh, actually, it's a great workbook and read. Thank you so much, my friend, for your support, man. I, I pray that book continues to be a blessing to you. And, and those who just joined me live now, my latest book just came out. <clears throat> Facts over feelings, how to go from feeling to fulfilling. And this book is supposed to help you find the facts behind your feelings to find faith in God and get back into fulfilling your purpose. Man, it's one of the greatest resources that God has birthed through me. I wrote this book in a month, a month. I, my wife can tell you the moment that the spirit of God gave me clearance on the book and also gave me clearance on the car game. Man, I don't got the grant for the car game. And what the kids in my school took my car game. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll be making videos soon on how to play um, these car games. But that's the book that our friend is telling us about at the moment. All right. We got a super chat. Thank you so much for your, your generosity, Andrew. Thank you so much, man. I, I pray. Uh, I'm glad that um, this resource or material that I'm doing right now was was a blessing enough for you to be generous. So I appreciate you for supporting all those who are constantly generous to me. Man, I really appreciate you guys' support. You guys help us create resources like these. You also help us with our mentoring program. Right now, I'm helping students create their own books, helping create uh, students create their own brand. And y'all's finance and y'all's support help us actually fund that. We buy their t-shirts. We help them develop. We give them their starter brand packages. We actually help them uh, like if they need lights. We have a young lady who wants to be a photographer. So we want to purchase her own lights, her own backdrops. We want to get kids at a young age to tap into their purpose early. 
I got a revelation about who I was and what God wanted me to do at 19. But if we can get these 13, 14, 15 year olds to find <clears throat> joy in God and excitement in their purpose, we can really help a lot of kids avoid the unnecessary. So thank you for your support, Andrew. I really appreciate it. And all those who support, whether it's through purchasing a book, whether it's purchasing a shirt, whether it's purchasing uh, or sharing a video or leaving a comment, no matter how you give, I appreciate it. Natalie says, why does God hold you back? I feel like God has let the good opportunities out of my hand and I feel lost. Well, now let me ask you this question. Um, well, I'm not going to ask this question. Let me kind of give you some thoughts to think about, right? Good opportunities and God opportunities cannot be lost by God. It can only be lost by us, right? Everything in life must be us facing a mirror first and not us showing a mirror to God. All right. So if you feel like God is holding you back, like I told my sister above you, is that God is holding you back because he got your back. Mm. God is holding you back because God has your back. And, and when God knows what's behind or what's on the back of the thing that you desire, right, when you know that God's omni omniscience and he knows everything behind everything, then you'll understand why everything is right. And so God is holding you back because, number one, you're not ready to hold it. The reason why God is holding you back because you're not in obedience. God could be the reason why God is holding you back because he loves you. And the reason why God is holding you back because you like this. I spelled the word hold. The reason why God is holding you back, number one, um, you're not ready to hold it. The reason why God is holding something back because you're not at a level of obedience to properly operate in that area. God is holding you back because he loves you. And he knows that whatever you're looking for is actually going to be the thing that's going to destroy you. And God is holding you back because you don't have the right level of disciplines to actually endure the thing that you desire to have, right? And so if the preparation, the Bible's not Bible, but the quote out there says that success happens when opportunity meets preparation. When opportunity meets preparation, then someone is successful. A lot of people are waiting for good opportunities to come, but they're not the person they need to be to hold the thing that they want to come. All right. So if you feel lost, it's possible because you haven't found your who you need to be in God. You haven't found your purpose and you haven't found the level of understanding needed for you to process what it is that you're facing. So God holds you back because he knows that you're not going to be able to hold it well. He holds things back because you're not in a level of obedience to operate that thing. He'll know he's holding something back because he knows because he loves you and he doesn't want that thing to hurt you. And he also holds things back because you're uh, a lack of disciplines needed to actually go the full duration of that thing. So if you feel lost, go to the one that 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 knows you, right? And then he'll bring clarity. And sometimes the clarity we need is just actually looking inside of ourselves and realizing what in me is keeping me from opportunities. Yes, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. Jody Real says, can you explain what modesty means in the Bible regarding the clothing that people wear? Great question. Um. Right now, my, my mind hasn't brought up any verses on modesty. I mean, I, there's a couple I could think of, but let me ask you a question now. Can you explain what modesty means in the Bible? Regard Modesty means is that um, definitions help me. Let me find definition first. I love words and I want to get the quality or state of being unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities. The quality of being relatively moderate, limited, or small amount. Okay, great. Now that's all I need. <clears throat> Let's get to your question. Can you explain what modesty means in the Bible regarding clothing that people wear? Modesty, those who are modest, are people who are not trying to draw unnecessary attention to themselves. All right? Unnecessary attention. Now, your aura may bring attention. The anointing may bring, bring attention. Your, 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 your uh, vibe may bring attention. But if clothing is the only thing or your body is the only thing that you're utilizing through clothing to bring attention to yourself, then there's something inside of you that's craving attention. And, and, and anytime you crave attention, you're setting yourself up to be in detention and you're the main source for prevention, preventing the right things to come in because you're attracting the wrong things. Now, when it comes to clothing, you got to ask them, OK. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't matter uh, what a person wears. If a person is struggling with lust, right, they're going to be drawn to you, right? Whether you're wearing a sheet, a Holy Ghost inspired outfit, right? 
But modesty means is that I know what I have and I know what I wear. I know what my body type is. And I know that if I wear these certain clothes, it's going to bring either number one, unnecessary tears to myself, or it's going to cause my brother or sister to stumble, right? So if you know that you have a strong build, there's nothing wrong with wearing clothes that fits you, but it can't be so tight that everyone notices you. See, modesty means that people are going to notice but I'm not, I'm not trying to be noticed. Uh, my, people who are not walking in modesty, they're looking to be noticed. So they do, they do things or wear things that are so tight and so fitting that people want to be noticed. See, the Bible talks about being meek, being unassuming. Um, um, it talks about uh, uh, um, not drawing attention to yourself, right? It talks about just carrying yourself more in stealth mode, right? And so when it comes to modesty, we have to be mindful of what and what and how I wear what I wear. Is it bringing or bringing awareness to myself unnecessarily? That's the best that I can give you on that. man. When it comes to ladies and men, we just got to be cognizant of, am I doing the most with my clothing? My brother PTO says, hey, coach, I'm still trying to stay disciplined, but God doesn't feel real to me and I've grown callous. I feel like my actions are insincere and I'm full of youthful passion. Well, that's the natural ups and downs of being a young person in God, fam. See, I'm 36 years old. I don't went through all of those phases, right? And, and in those phases, you have mixed emotions about God. It's because uh, parts of your idolatry hasn't been quite revealed, Right. So in my life, when I was 19, I had a bunch of zeal for God, but I didn't know I had a lot of idolatry in my heart, right? And so when I felt that uh, that strong feeling from God when I was 19 and the Holy Spirit hit me in my dorm room and I fell on my face crying and weeping loudly, right? I thought, hey, your boy's good to go to do ministry. Your boy's good to go. I got it. And I didn't know that if you look at Jesus' life, the Bible talks about that after he was baptized by John or while he was about to be baptized by John or in that particular moment, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. He was declared by God uh, um, a son in whom he was well pleased. That's where you see the Trinity. You see God the Father, you see the Spirit, and you see the Son, right? And so that's the uh, God being fully uh, uh, man, spirit, and who he is as the Father. And I tell my students this about how do you prove the Trinity? I said on Christmas when I was at my father's house, on Christmas, when I went to go see my father, in that moment, I was fully a son, I was fully a husband, and I was fully a brother. In that room was my wife. In that room was my dad. In that room were my siblings. So was I 40% a husband in that moment, 30% a son, and the rest a brother? No, I was fully Joshua the, I was fully Joshua the husband. I was fully Joshua the brother, and I was fully Joshua the son. So when people start questioning about the Trinity, it's like, oh, that's possible. Because in everywhere I go, I'm fully someone else. Even outside the presence of my wife or father or brother or sister, no matter where I am, I could be in the middle of Walmart, and none of them are within a mile away from me, and I'm still fully a son, fully a brother, fully a, a son, fully an uncle, fully whatever it is. Right. So a little theological thing in there to help you there. But immediately after Jesus was declared by the Holy Spirit, descending on him by the father, declaring him that he was someone he was a son. He was well pleased. The Bible says he was immediately driven into the wilderness. Why? Because oftentimes we think that the moment that we have been declared by God to be chosen, we think that we're ready for Jerusalem. Jesus in what he had things he had to do before he got to Jerusalem. The purpose of Jesus was to get on the cross to redeem man, but he had to go through a process. For 18 years, Jesus was unknown. 12, he was about his father's business. And how many of us can be willing to be unknown for 18 years? Jesus was unknown for 18, turned 30, brought into the sea. John the Baptist told the Pharisees, among you right now is the son of God, right? Or among you right now is someone in whom whose latches I cannot unloose. Then after Jesus went through the wilderness, he had to be tested. He didn't get into Galilee, then he got into Jerusalem eventually. What am I trying to say to you, my brother? There's a process. Right now, you're going through the wilderness phase. We talked, so I understand that you, you're excited about your purpose. You're excited about the things of God. And now you're going through the wilderness process to be pruned so that you can really be groomed for the thing that God wants you um, to be uh, a person of. 
So when it comes to discipline, discipline is just assess, adjust, and advance. When it comes to discipline, I say, okay, what is causing me not to be fully committed in this area? And if you don't feel like God is real to you, it's because you are trying to use God to make something else real, right? Because if God is not real, the real deal to you, then sometimes as a young youthful believer, we try to utilize God as a means to the end we want versus anything else being used as a means to get me to God. So you're growing callous right now, possibly because you lack a full understanding of who God is. So what I would do, like I would tell any young person is start studying the attributes of God. Start studying and get to know who he is biblically, immutability, self-sufficiency, right? Those different attributes of him so that you can start getting to know him. Because the Bible talks about zeal and wisdom. They have to come, they have to be together. See, a lot of you have a lot of zeal for God, but don't have enough knowledge of God. And when a person has a lot of zeal for God, a lot of knowledge of God, they start getting caught up in, well, God ain't real because your false uh, ideology of God is screwing you up in life. So what you have to do is with that zeal, you got to match it with wisdom. And a lot of young people, they go through that. They have a lot of zeal. But they don't have enough lot, enough knowledge enough to balance out that zeal so they can be able to understand why God does what he does and, 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 and why things are happening in their lives. Hope to help. Now it says, Jamil White, go to your local workforce. Okay, okay, so y'all helping each other out. Okay, great. Uh, Andrew says, hey, I want to say that I have been watching you for years and I used to slightly... I used to slightly be scared of watching videos because they always speak the truth. And I know I have to change things about my life, but I'm glad I watched your videos. Your videos have made a massive impact to my life. Thank you for all your effort now and, and always, and I'm always excited to watch. Thank God gets the glory, family. Andrew, I'm I'm it's humbling, man. It's humbling. Um to, to anytime I read comments like these, anytime, man, it's just it's just an honor, man, to serve you all, man. God has been good to me. And I just want God to be known. I want Jesus to be known. I want you guys um, to really know what it means to walk in purpose in life. And so I'm so glad. Um, and, and 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 with these type of ministries, when you have to tell the truth, you're not going to have. Um, a lot, most of my subscribers came from the purpose of singleness days, the uh, relationship videos I did back then. And a lot of a couple of my three or three or four of my videos went viral. Right. And and, and but it, no matter what I give, I have to give you the truth. Right? I have to give you the truth because the truth is what sets you free. I can easily lie and line up my pockets and lie and make you feel good. But the truth is what's going to impact you. And if the truth impacts you, then then I did my job. So I, I thank you, Andrew. I appreciate your kind words, man. I really do. Jordan Taylor says, could you give a few books in the Bible to study, to discover and dig deeper into who you are in Christ? Great question, Jordan. I have a, 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 the typical, the basic, not basic because basic seems like it's but the fundamental reading plan that I want to give, like, that I give people, and I'm going to give you is, is there's three books I want you to focus on more, three types of books, right? Um, Proverbs and James are two great books. They're wisdom books. These wisdom books will give you the nuggets that you can utilize daily. They're great books to utilize daily, right? The Gospels is where you want to go to next. Now, why do I do that? I tell people to read a proverb a day. Today is... uh. Uh, what's today's date? Uh, what's today's date? Today is the 24th, 25th. So you read Proverbs 25. Uh, tomorrow, read Proverbs 26. The next day, read Proverbs 27, right? So when March 1st comes, read Proverbs 1. And then what you do is you just start circling um, different nuggets that, that you can apply in your life daily, right? And just start meditating on it. And then read a gospel a month. So this month, I'm in the book of Acts, right? Uh, February Acts, yeah. I'm in the book of Acts. And so what I'm doing, I'm just going through the book of Acts over and over. Even if I, even if I read the book of Acts in a week, right? Slowly, right? Thoroughly. I reread it again. So what this does is it's, it's a daily discipline that's keeping me uh, uh, abreast to uh, on how Jesus operated, how the apostles operated, and it kind of uh, uh, renews my mind and, and changes my mind to be able to start living and acting accordingly, right? That proverb a day keeps the devil away, right? It's, it's giving me the daily wisdom tools that I can apply now to have success, right? And, and so that's where I will start, right? I will start there. And I told my students that people think they have to read a book from cover to cover. This The, the Bible's a library. 
The Bible's a, a, a book of 66 books. And sometimes if you start in Genesis, by the time you get to Leviticus, by the time you get to Genesis about 13, 14, you don't, you don't, you lost. You know what I'm saying? So, but when you start, start with Proverbs, starts with the gospels and you start doing that for a few months and then the Holy Spirit start navigating you, then Romans start making sense. And then Leviticus start making sense because now you start understanding the different laws about the blood and how the blood was important and how the blood was shed by Jesus and how and Jesus was in Leviticus. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I was saying. Andrew says he can't wait uh, to get my new book, man. I'm excited about this book, man. It's right here. Facts over feelings. Forget the grease, you know, for grease in the book. But it's a great book, man. I'm excited about it. Um, A lot of great chapters. Are you foolish or wise? Facts or feelings? What, facts versus feelings. What kind of mindset do you have? Thoughts and feelings. What people have feelings for and their triggers, temperatures, traps, and time frames of feelings. What are you, are, what are you here to fulfill? Uh, we got other chapters like uh, 15 idioms of feelings, how to find the facts behind the feelings, pros and cons and red flags, how to properly vent, uh, verses like scriptures, filling scriptures and the worksheets in the back. Um, just great books with great pictures to kind of keep things mindful. Uh, great article, reflective question throughout the books as well. Just great, great pictures, man. What are facts? What are feelings? We talk about mindset. What else we got? You know, just a lot. Of, we got, you know, different things that kind of help you. Um, just great, great, great imagery, great books. I mean, great content to help you really process your feelings. You know, just a lot of great stuff to just really help you. I think those are the triggers of feelings. Great book here, man. Great resource, I believe. Uh, the Holy Spirit birthed through me to give to you all. Uh, I understand, my uh, Jamil. Um, you just have to, you can manage, no matter where you are, how you manage your money can get you through tough times, right? Now you got to start thinking about how am I managing my money? Am I living above my means? Is there, can I stay with a family member? Can I stay with a friend? Can I get to become a roommate? There's always a way to manage your money the right way to ensure that you can keep care, keep going on the right way. Now, oh, now they try to schedule the appointment. Being good with your current money while wow, teach. That's right. You got to be good with your current money in order to get that new money. Uh, the doctors I work with are asking me why I'm leaving because I'm going. Listen, even if you outgrown where you are, you got to wait till God plucks you out of that place, right? And you have to ask yourself, how do I know I've outgrown my job? And a lot of millennials. Uh oh, there I go. My computer just restarted on me. Can you, let me know if y'all can hear me. Can y'all comment to make sure y'all I'm back? Just comment. Let me know that y'all can hear and see me. I don't know how my computer uh, reset. So I'm gonna wait till someone comment to let me know that they see me. And I'm gonna go ahead and answer Jamila's question again. Y'all, let me know if y'all can. Yes, you good. All right. Let's go back to Jamil. I, yeah, uh, listen. Um, what's the phrase? The phrase says, "Perception is reality." Your reality must be the perception. Perception is reality, but reality must be a perception. A lot of people's uh, uh, perception of the rest, or so how they view a thing, they think that's real. No, the, the perception must be birthed from the real, right? So you have to, you have to really. Uh, even if you've outgrown your job, you have to, you can't just look in the mirror and be like, I've outgrown my job. There has to be something where you are self-aware, self-reflective and say, even if I outgrown my job, I'm not going to have that mindset. Cause if I start thinking that I've outgrown a place, then I won't continue to grow in that place. Cause if you start thinking I've outgrown a place, you're going to start like, well, I'm just going to, um, you're going to start uh, mellowing down to, to average and mediocrity. But if you say, okay, I work as a little, no matter where I'm at, there was a lot of jobs. When I worked at Harris Teeter, don't you not think that I was like, man, I'm bigger than Harris Teeter? That when I worked at the YMCA, you don't think I thought I was bigger than the YMCA? When I worked at whatever, you didn't think I was bigger? But 
Even though I may have thought I was bigger, I can't think that way because then I won't be the tool that God uses to pull the trigger to do the things that I need to do. And so you just have to change your mindset, my my friends. Chelsea, Chelsea says, hello, coach. I need some advice. I did a second interview and I have followed up three times. I believe God opened the door for a second interview. I prayed and asked the Lord to open the door for financial stability after working three jobs with no stability. I am starting to get frustrated. I will be moving into my new apartment March 1st, and I feel like time is winding down. I am starting to feel uncomfortable at my job, and I have been, I've been being patient, and I've expressed how interested I am and how I missed the second interview, January 7th, this weather, but they still called me for a second interview, and she was willing to push it back a couple of weeks. I believe he would give me the job. Could I be wrong? Um. There comes a place, and I talk about this in my book, about standing still when it comes to your feelings, is that there's going to be a place when you follow God where all you can do is stand still and see the salvation. When you've done all that you can, stand. That's when miracles, when God brought the children to the Red Sea, you don't think God has good directions? God is God is a great guy, but he brought them to the Red Sea on purpose. So they all they can do is stand still and see the salvation. So if you got the opportunity, you know, and don't get me wrong, I know the feeling. I know the feeling of, of anticipation. It's not necessarily this worry that you're dealing with. It's the anticipation that you're dealing with, the excitement. But even in excitement and anticipation, you got to manage those emotions. Now, how do you manage those emotions? By when those feelings occur, take five, take 15 or take 50 minutes and start just processing how you feel. Then you start really asking those feelings questions. You start saying, "Okay, why am I feeling this way? And and do I believe God provides? And if you don't know, if you do any, any place you get to where you start elevating emotionally in the areas of anxiety, stress, or worry, then you have to start asking yourself, do I really trust God in this area? And a lot of people can easy in good times can say, oh, I trust God. You don't know if you really trust God until you have no choice but to trust him. And so if you've done all you can, then stand. And then and then when you ask yourself those questions, you got to say, okay, I must uh, uh, re-educate myself on the faithfulness of God. And what you do is you start writing down how God has been faithful to you previously. There has been situations in my marriage, in my life, where I was faced with situations that will make a person be like, man, why do I got to go through this? But what got me through it and having me in the hindsight place to see it 2020 was realizing what God did for me in 2020, what God did for me in 2019. I start reflecting on the goodness of God and it started building up joy and faith in me, neutralizing those unnecessary feelings of anxiety, causing me to see things accurately. So, hey, but you have to you have to be in a state of mind and it takes time to get there. Right. Where you okay, you're okay if this don't come out your way. Because your mind has to constantly uh, believe that God has his best for you. So if this is not God's best for you, your heart cannot be so on this that if you don't have this, then you're a mist. Right? So you have to you have to really begin to um, process your feelings. And I know March 1st is like three days or four days away, but it's three days or four days away. It's not March 1st now. We have a lot of time left. And one thing about God, he loves the last seconds because the last seconds brings a better audience around. So now everybody is going to be able to see his salvation, which means he'll get the glory out of your story. Hope to help. My brother or sister says, I enjoy my job, but it's overwhelming. I work when I am off the clock. It takes up a lot of my time. and interferes with my fellowship with God. I supervise lazy and mean employees. How do I deal? Well, usually people, it's interesting how we find ourselves in the various places. Uh, and those various places are actually the answer to our prayers. When people pray for more patience, be very careful. When people pray for, I want to be more kind, I want to be more patient, I want to be whatever, God will put you in some peculiar situations to pull those things out of you, right? And so when it comes down to certain jobs, man, um, 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 they're, 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 they're stretching you. And, and the thing is, 
you got to overlook the negative. And what I mean by that is I have the opportunity to serve these individuals. I have the opportunity to be a light to these mean people. I have the opportunity to be God's resource because sometimes God will put you in a place that you don't want to be to be a light in a place where nobody's willing to be a light in. Now, if your job is becoming overwhelming, then you got to look at the extra things around your life, right? Um, first, I got to ask yourself, uh, what uh, what uh, habits do I have in my life that may be contributing um, to me being overwhelmed? Am I am am I um, am I doing too much, doing too little, right? And he says it takes up a lot of time. And if it's first with God, so there's gonna be certain seasons where you're gonna be like, man, it's a lot. And God's not looking for quantity in certain situations, looking for quality, right? And so you have to just have the different angle of perspective. So with me, I kind of just tilt my, you know how it is with a camera, if you just tilt it, or certain things, if you just tilt it a certain way, you get the best picture. What's your mindset? Well, if I tilt my mind the right way and just shift my perspective just a little bit, then I can actually see what God is using me how God is using me or a desire to use me in a particular situation that may be uncomfortable and annoying. So you deal by by, uh, by first kneel. If you want to deal how you deal, you first got to kneel and say, God, I humble myself to whatever your will is. Give me the right feels. Give me the right feelings about these people. Right. And seal in me, seal into my heart uh, um, um, your perspective on these individuals in this job. When you get humble and then you begin to feel the way God wants you to feel in that place, man, you will, then you will see the ministry opportunities in that place. And then when God sees fit, he'll bring something more legit and then you can quit. Hope that T says, what's up, coach? I'm having a hard time discerning what God wants me to do. One day I feel like I should go back to school. Then the next day I feel like I should get a job. I got a, I got my degree in any tips? Well, you have to steal your life. In order to fill your life, you have to steal your life. I talk about this in the book. Slow your life down and begin to process all your excitements, right? When it comes to discerning the will of God, before you can truly discern, you have to first yearn, yearn for him, right? Sometimes we want to discern what he wants us to do, but we're not really yearning for him. The more I know him, the more my spirit becomes sensitive to discerning, yearning before discerning, right? The only time discerning become, comes before yearning is in a dictionary, right? You have, to, you have to yearn first for him, right? Then you will be able to discern with him, right? So when it comes to school, right, or should you get a job or your degree, First, you got to ask yourself, okay, where does God have me currently? Where does God have me currently? Now, like I told my brother before, your sister before, you have to shift your perspective to see, okay, how could God be using me where I am, right? And you can't just go with your feelings. You have to go with, with okay, right now, I don't know what to do. I'm halt between two opinions. Now, if I'm halt between two opinions, let me just focus on maximizing where I'm at, right? Right? So, some, especially young people, people in college, you, you start thinking, um, uh, should I get a job in my field or should I whatever, whatever, right? But but you also got to be mindful of uh, um, why God has you where you are, right? So now, first, you have to say, okay, where am I right now? Where does God have me? Who are the people in this facility? Who are the, what are the opportunities I have to reach the individual, right? right? So when it comes to discerning, let me, I'm going to show you the book that will help you with that. I got a book that talks about discernment thoroughly. This book right here, Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. Man, this book right here will tell you how to discern if it's the right job, if it's the, if it's the right um, man, woman, opportunity, whatever. It's a great book there. But in order for you to get in position to discern, you have, you have to begin to uh, um, consider some things, right? You have to consider number one, where you are, why you're there, who's all there, right? Next, you got to start processing the noises in your life. Do I have too much around me? Then I got to be able to write on a sheet of paper all the feelings that I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way. Do I want this thing more than I want God, right? Or are you just in a place where you just don't know? And if you just don't know, you got to see what is what he has shown, See, people are waiting to hear from God, but they've seen what God wanted them to do. 
They've, they've, you see what I'm saying? So discerning is not just, it has he spoken to me. It's about what is your current season speaking to you? Because God don't have to speak when he has created a circumstance and a situation that's speaking every day. Every day, my my relationship is speaking back to me that it was a relationship by God. It's speaking back. I don't need God to say, God, can you tell me again that my wife is for me? No, everything around me is speaking to me. And, and if you look at your environment and you are, and you hear what your environment is saying to you, God could be speaking through your situation. Hope to help. Hmm. Okay, let's see where I'm at. Emmanuela, please forgive me if I pronounce your name wrong, says, how does the Holy Spirit give you clearance? Sometimes I have a desire to make products, but I don't feel the presence of God in it. Um, you have to define uh, feel when it comes to the presence of God. Right now, I don't feel air. There's nothing causing momentum to make the air be felt in my room, right? But if I cut this fan on, on the gear, now I can feel the air because there is now something that is moving the air for me to feel it, right? So, so feeling the presence of God, you have to first now feeling the presence of God, and it doesn't always have to be goosebumps and oh my gosh, I feel the presence, right? During the book process of writing this book, I didn't feel the quote unquote the, the, the same feeling I felt when I got clearance to do it, right? Because the process is not enjoyable. So if you focus on the presence of God in the positive sense, what I mean by that is that you feel the inspiration and the excitement, the moment where the presence of God was was uh, was was felt when it came in the conception of a thing, right? Sometimes you're not going to feel that same kind of energy during the process of that thing, right? So when you're doing something like right now, I don't necessarily feel goosebumps as at, at in doing this video, but I know God wants me to do this video. The outcome will prove that no matter what part of the process felt or unfelt, God was still in the midst as y'all are feeling this, right? So when it comes to clearance, you just got to go about your day. Like for me, man, this book right here, I was going to write another book besides this. And I always, let me teach you about what I do with these books, right? When it comes to these books, I know for a fact I'll say things, a book coming out in February. I said that a few months ago because in my spirit, I knew February I was going to release a book. Now, was I going to write this? No, I just said, God will let me know when he wants me to. And I go about my life. I go about my life. I just go about my life. And the moment it goes like this, boom, this book right here, all those pages, all these pages hit me in my heart. Then I went right to my computer, right? But I was going about my day. Like I'm not, I'm, the thing is you gotta, like for me, back in my day, I was so pressed to impress so that pay, money can be pressed for me to have, right? In a printing press that I was, I gotta create products to make money. That's not how you do it. You create products in obedience and the money will come. So if you looking to feel the presence of God in it, fam, then you may be distracting yourself from what God wants you to do in the meantime, right? Because now God is trying to make you the product. So other people can benefit from. I hope that help. Chell says, I'm probably money management is key. A lot of people want blessings, but they don't want to manage, they don't know how to manage the blessing. So money management is important. Money, money um solves all things, it answers all things, it says. Right? So when it comes to money, man, we can't be funny with it and then and then get mad when we don't have the right amount of money. Chelsea said, and it's on my heart to send an appreciation letter because I did not think to do it after. Yeah, don't don't feel listen, what God has for you, don't overly think, don't become critical in your thinking because of things that you might have forgot. Listen, all you can do is do your best and then give God the rest. That's it. Do your best, give God the rest, and do your best and give God the rest. And do your best and give God the rest, and then go get then go get rest. Even in my situation right now, just got me a new car. Right, the whole process was annoying, but but I had to rest in God that God was going to give me His best because God always give me His best. You have you not seen my wife? So when you begin to look throughout your life, you go, like, well, God has always given me His best, and now I got God's best in this particular area. So. All you gotta do is say, okay, I trust and believe God's gonna give me his best, and I'm gonna go rest and not stress. Oh, I'm so glad it's good for you all. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm glad it's a blessing. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Chuck says, 
And the job I have now is not bringing enough income. I have my own apartment with no kids and I desire something hourly and I will be 30 in May. And that is what this job offers. I understand that I have not been a great steward over what has been given to me. However, I'm pr- that's all you got to do. The Bible talks about uh, he'll redeem the time. Whatever the king can worm on something, he'll, he'll redeem it. As you're, listen, let me tell you something. God is not, God doesn't need for you always in every circumstance to show him 12 months of consistency before he changed things around for you. He knows at the moment you get it and you start operating in it in two or three days, things can turn around for your good. God doesn't need, God doesn't need proof. God doesn't need proof. God's omniscient. We have to understand he's omniscient. He doesn't need to look and study us. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. I need proof. No, God just says, that's you got it. I know you got it. Now we good. So don't beat yourself up and start feeling condemnation because because of a previous situation, right? You can just say, okay, I got it now and I'm going to practice now. And then in, in, in less than a month or so, you'll start seeing things turn around for your good because your mind has been renewed. Hope to help. Time for a couple more. I got to go. Aaron, oh, amen for my uh, sister, New John. Uh, Aaron Rodriguez, what's up, family? He says, hey, coach, what season were you in before you met your wife? How long did that season last for? for and what was God refining in you? Great question, fam. I was in the in the waters of my purpose. I met my wife while being four to five or six years in my purpose. What I mean by that was when my wife came into my Bible study, I was doing my purpose. I, the only story I know is my story. And, and I'm not saying that my story has to match everyone's story, but I kind of see this, this, uh, the similarities in other people that when you're in purpose, you find your person, right? So the season I was in before I met my wife was I was just a, a young man in his purpose. I was uh, writing books. I think I had two books written before I met her. I had uh, my Bible study went from being on this side of Charlotte over there by David Street into the other side of Charlotte behind the Panther Stadium. So now I'm in our second facility when I met her, a better facility. We had a great stuff. So ministry was growing, right? Things were, were growing in my life, right? Because in order for um, um, me to grow with someone else, I have to prove some growth, right? So I was in a growing season ministry-wise, right? That season lasted, like I don't do that ministry anymore, but that, but who knows I might do it again. But what I'm saying is that season lasted. I mean, uh, when I met my wife, man, we, we, uh, she was a tough cookie, man. I remember when I went up to her <laughs> the second time she came in my Bible said, I was like, man, you know, home court advantage. Someone asked me the other day, it was like, when you met your wife, um, uh, did you believe you had a shot? I said, I had a 60% chance. They were like, did you have a 50, 50 percent? I said, I had a 60 percent chance. You know, it's, I was above 50 percent because she was on home court. I had a home court advantage. She came to my Bible. Now, if it's one thing, if I saw her at somebody else's Bible study, then I have a 50, 50 chance. Or I was at church and I saw her at 50, 50 chance. But when you come to where you saw me and my glory and my anointing, I glory, God forgive me. When you saw me in, in the anointing, I got a 60 percent chance now. Right. So I went up to her and gave her a book. And I was like, man, I didn't give you a book the first time. I was trying to be smooth. And I said, and then when she, when I gave her the book, I said, do you mind if I get your number? And she pulled her phone out. And that's all I need to know. She pulled her phone out. And then she was like, not right now. And walked out the door. She didn't even say bye. But in the back of my mind, that's the front of my mind. But in the back of my mind, I said, in due time, she'll be mine. Because she did pull that phone out. And her pulling that phone out is letting me know she's interested in your boy, right? So we dated or whatnot. But, but, but this, to answer your question. And uh, what he was refining in me at that point was he brought me out of a season of idolatry in a certain facet of it when it came to relationships. Right. He uh, my mind clicked. I think it was about 2010, 2011, when I began to say, you know what, I really I really want heaven to be felt on this earth. And I, and I and I don't care about what I have. I don't have. There was times where I caught the bus to my own Bible study. There was times where I had to catch rides to my own Bible study. We have 75 um, people coming out and I'm, I caught a ride there. So God was refining me and, and, and designing me to, to really understand that he's the only image that I should try to mimic, that he's the only person that I should find my trust in. And then when I met her, I had no level of, of, of need for her because I didn't need her. 
So I hope that helped. So he was refining in me in that season of my life, uh, um, him being my everything and trusting him. And of course, after that, then we had to go through different battles to kind of see if we're, you know, ready to go to the next level. But the season before you meet your wife, man, has a man has to be um, God is my everything. Uh, because if God's not everything, you're going to find stuff like Adam. Mm, was God really everything to Adam? If God was everything to Adam, he would have told Eve not to even be talking to that serpent. That's the thing, the difference between the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam had everything. Therefore, there was no need of God. The first Adam had everything, so there was no need for God. And then when he had everything, he, he fell for everything. And then he got out of the very thing he was supposed to be steward of. But the second Adam didn't need anything because he was fully who he was. Now he says, now when I break my flesh and ascend to my father, the same spirit that raised Christ from dead can be embodied in me to where I own. The only thing I need is God. So that no matter what my wife say, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it don't even it ain't going to phase me. And vice versa. So as a man, we have to lead. In order, in order for us to lead, we have to be led. And before we are led, we have to be dead to ourselves. If not, we'll be led by anything that we want to or desire to keep us alive. And we'll never be the guy we need to be to lead the family. I'm going to go for one hour. I got nine minutes. Jordan Taylor says, okay, thank you. I hustled, started with, uh, I hustled, uh, started with James a week ago and have been led to stay, stay in James. James is great. Right now I'm doing a Bible study with my 16, 18 year olds in my church. We, we ain't got past, um, we talked about, uh, uh, counted all joy and go through very, we're just not at various trials. And we've been in James for 10 weeks, 10 plus weeks. My wife can tell you, we haven't gone past, we haven't got past joy. We are nine weeks into joy. Last week, the 10th week, we talked about various trials and how various trials make it versatile. We ain't, we ain't got through the first two verses, three verses of James. That's how rich James is. Reaching high says, yes. B. Ramirez says, yes, you good. Oh, oh, yeah, somebody, okay, 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 I can hear you and see you. I can hear you. Yep, see in here. Yes. We can see and hear you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, okay. God's servant says, how do you test the spirit to know if a person is of God? Great question. I just did this with my students because we was talking about. Um, uh, anyway, I'll I answer the question. How do you test a spirit to know if a person is of God? Um, there's three different tests that you have to go through. And, and it's in my book right here. Counterfeit a counterpart. This book teaches you how to test everything. There's a method God gave me in this book to help you properly test things that are in front of you. But let me help you right now. Uh, the Bible says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test to see whether it's from God. The first B that you have to process, my brother, is the word beloved. You have to know that you're God's beloved, because if you know that you're loved by God, you'll be poised in God. When you know that you're God's beloved, you'll now be working from love, not for love. God, People are looking for love in all the wrong places. They're not looking for love and feeling. They're looking for love in person, but in all the wrong places. But when a person knows that they're loved by God and that God desires to give them his best, then they don't stress when it comes to tests, right? Or testing. So first thing a person has to start processing to start doing better testing is to first examine and feel and embrace the love of God for them. To know that they are in right standing with God because of the imputed righteousness of Jesus. When the blood was put on a doorpost, it didn't matter who was in that house. The death angel passed over. He didn't look in and be like, okay, well, because the blood was there, that house or home was in right standing that day. 
So my righteousness is not because of my deeds. Therefore, I don't have to go out there and try to look for God's approval or work for God's approval. I have already been approved by the work of Jesus. Since Jesus has finished and approved, his work has been approved by the Father, now I am in right standing as a son. My right standing because of God's love for me, that for God so loved the world he sent, right? He gave, right? In that gift, now I don't have to worry about rifts and feeling if I'm legitimate enough, right? So now I can go to God boldly because I'm a son. Right. So when I know that I'm his beloved now, now don't get me wrong. Let me make sure I add this other part. The righteousness of Jesus should inspire or enable righteous living. If the imputed of righteous, if the imputed righteousness of Jesus hasn't been inspirationally enough or impacting enough for you to desire to live better and have greater character. So that doesn't mean, so it means I'm righteous from righteousness. I become more righteous in my deeds because of the imputed righteousness of the king. So that's working from love, not for love. So in order to properly test the thing, you have to know that you are beloved by a person above that thing. Then you're, you don't, you're not rushed or easily impressed by it. See, I, in every room I walk in, I never walk cowardly. I walk like I own the place. I talk like I own the place because I'm an ambassador of heaven. See, you know what I'm saying? I'm an ambassador of God. So why am I walking like I'm scared of something, right? So you have to know that you are God's beloved. Then you got to change the way you believe. Believe. Me knowing that I'm beloved by God and that I belong to God starts affecting my belief systems. What, how do you, what do you believe or what are your belief systems when it comes to husbandhood, when it comes to manhood, when it comes to money? What are your belief systems? Now you got to build strong belief systems so that you don't easily believe anything. So what do you really believe about yourself? If you have low self-esteem or, or insecure, you're not going to properly test the thing. If you elevate it in pride, you're not going to probably if you if you believe too much in yourself or believe in too little of yourself, then you're not going to probably believe or be able to test the belief system by the thing that wants you to believe in it. Then now we go to butt test. You got to know that you guys beloved. Now you got to change your beliefs so then you can uh, but test. Take the time to test. Now how do you test? Number one. Uh, what's my what's my three points? It's in my phone. Hold on, because I talked to talked to the kids. Um, uh, let me find it. It's um get mom get these notes. I'm gonna get it to you real quick. Now this might be the last question because I'm already at the, I got three minutes left. Let me find my notes so I can give you what I gave to the kids. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> you must test. Here we go. Uh, why should you test? The reason why you should test everything because your time is valuable. The reason why you must test everything because your time is valuable. If you don't, if you don't know that you spill time, L-I-F-E, then you're not going to take the time to test a thing. When a person knows their time is valuable, they take time to test a thing because you spell time, L-I-F-E. That's T because time is valuable. E, why you should test everything? Because your energy is limited. You got to ask yourself, is this thing going to drain more energy than I need it to drain? Is God because like if something's taking my energy that God wants me to do, God will grace me with supernatural energy to keep going. But many of us are giving our energy to things that are was never in God's plan for us to give our energy to. So you have to test E, or you have to test it because your energy is limited. Next, you have to test because of self-care. You cannot care more for something else more than you care for yourself, and you have to test things because stewardship. I have to test things that are presented to me. If it's going to affect my stewardship of my wife, I'm sorry, it can't be a part of my life. Unless my wife agrees and then we balance things out so that we can be able to do it. But I have to test to make sure it will affect what I'm stewarding. See, if, if my wife needs me right now, I can no longer steward y'all in this video right now. I cut it off because if it's affecting my stewardship of her, I, I need to minimize this, right? Last but not least, the reason why you should test everything is because you need to reach your targets. Your soul need goals. Your soul need goals, need a goal. 
and these targets. So you test it because you're like, hey, if, is this interfering? Is this going to get in the way of me accomplishing my goals? Second forms of tests, right? Before you serve, now this is what you need to test in everything. This is what you need to test in everything. And this is my last one. I give you the other one. Um, nah, that's a little bit more in depth. Before you serve, you must observe or test is number one. T is temperament. This book goes through that. We talk about temperament. We talk about all this stuff. You have to test its temperament. If a thing gets an attitude because if a person gets an attitude because you want to take care of yourself, that ain't something you want. See, listen, demons can't hold positive energy for long. Demons can't hold positive energy for long. What does that mean? They can't fake being something that's divine. They can't fake it for long. They can't fake uh, 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 being kind to you for long. So if you start testing it, it's going to get frustrated. If something or someone gets frustrated and is not in a place of peace, then it's not from God. The thing that I test must always be at peace. It must love me even if I don't decide to do what it wants me to do. If it's in that, then it could be a legitimate friend. But if it starts getting frustrated, when I want to go forward in a thing that God wants me to go forward in, then that thing must be a counterfeit. So I got to test its temperament, its temperature. How does it really feel about me? Next, you must test uh, the end result. You got to start thinking 15 moves ahead. If I engage in this thing, what will be the end result? Will this draw me closer to God or away from God? Is this thing even of God? Is this man, is this man a man of God? When, because you already got to test the end result. What will be the end result if I invest in this thing? All you got to test is scriptural supports. Is there any type of scripture in the Bible that supports this individual, supports this opportunity, etc.? If this person is not adhering to the word of God, then it should not, it's not going to be from God. Is this person leaving, living out the scriptures or are they twisting it for their benefit? Last one, you got to ask them, is this the right time for this? If you know as a brother, you know you don't got your money together, you know, you don't got your life together and a girl comes in your way. God would never bring the right one at the wrong time. If you, you got to test this timing. Is this the right time for relationship? Am I healed, whole and content in my singleness? Right. Those are things you got to do to test the individual. It's one o'clock. Not one o'clock. We're one hour in. Uh, I got to go. I got to go. It's 10 o'clock. Love you all. I pray this video was a blessing to you. Thank you all so much for joining me. We got 32 people here right now. Thank y'all so much on Facebook and on YouTube uh, for watching. If you want to learn more about my books, card games, all that good stuff, you can go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Links are in the description box below on um, YouTube. Those on Facebook. Uh, let me just give you my website now. Give me one second. Uh, oh, it's right there. <laughs> I am unplugged.com. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you're like, man, I need to talk to you about my relationships, me and my, me and my boo thing, me and my young lady, man, my, my babe, whatever we're dating. And I, we need some counsel. We need some coaching. We need some help. I got you. Uh, if you need help with your spiritual development, spiritual growth, I need to talk to you about growing spiritually, man. And how do I, whatever, woo, woo, I got you with that too. If you need help with your singleness, you're like, hey man, hey, I wanna, I wanna feel fulfilled. I wanna feel excited about my singleness. I got you there. If you wanna learn how to discover, develop, or distribute your purpose and know what it is to a degree, I can help you with that. If you need help with branding or marketing when it comes to your ministry business, whatever, I can help you with that as well. Just go to my website now, imunplugged.com, custom dash dash custom. I mean, forward slash custom dash coaching. I love to support you there. Also, make sure you check out my latest book, um, Facts Over Feelings. Uh, this book right here, man, is my. I just released this book last week, and this week has been busy. That's why I haven't really been. It's crazy when you do stuff for God. You don't really care about the sales of it. Like this book is doing pretty good, but I, like for me, it's like I don't need to promote it. Like if life happens, life happens. I'll get back to promoting it. But I'm promoting it now. But this book right now, Facts or Films, came out about a week ago. About a week ago, and this book's available right now. Man, man, I am really proud of it. all of my books, man. But God right here is, is taking me a different direction with my books. And I, and I pray this book is a blessing to you. It's a great book, Facts of Feelings. Also check out my other latest book that came out last October, September. The Wholeness Journal is a great book to help you process your wholeness so that you can hold the right things in life. If you're struggling with your singleness, I got this book, The Purpose Singleness. If you want to learn how to maximize a great book there. If you want to learn how to date God, date yourself and become dateable so you can date love your life forever. Great book here. This book has a ton of questions in it. 
to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the relationship. Great book there. If you want to um, learn more about soul ties and strongholds and how to uproot them or untie them, this book, man, is a powerful book right here. It will help you. If you need help with discerning the will of God in your life in every area of your life, this book right here, Counterfeit Counterpart, is a great book. If you have a young person that will benefit from understanding their art form and their purpose in life, great book here. And, of course, my book on spiritual warfare. And how this book talks about how to put on the whole armor of God and how to fight spiritual battles. Also, check out our website for merch. All that good stuff is available on my website, Iamunplug.com. I love you all. Thank y'all so much for watching and for your generosity and continued support. I really appreciate y'all. Y'all help us impact a lot of people. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.